You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. Thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live this morning. We're broadcasting from Father's office. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you're not in trouble. I'm not in no, trouble. No, you're not in trouble. No. Usually if you're called into the pastor's office. I know, I know. Uh-oh. It's a little nerve-wracking. Yeah. Especially with you, I bet you're just... I'm so stern. I bet. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> so how are things at St. Mary's going? They're good. They're good. We got Lent started off, so we're moving along. Hey, well, that's along. good. Yeah. No. So Bishop's going to let you stay in he, then. He is, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had priest personnel yet, so we're going to find out. No, no, it's all good. Well, I'm excited to jump into our next interview. Yeah, um, me too. Somebody that I haven't had on the radio before, and I'm thrilled to have you this morning, Miles. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm glad you decided to join us this morning. And for those of our listeners, because we do span a huge area, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm born and raised right here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, I have five brothers and sisters. Uh, three girls and there's three boys and it's girl boy girl boy girl boy <laughs> three with dark hair three with red hair really and i'd ask my father how in the world did you do that and he said family planning <laughs> so how was that perfect <laughs> people are like oh i didn't know you could do it that way yep, yep. <laughs> so you're born and raised in sioux falls went to school where uh cleveland Cleveland grade school, then Whittier, okay, and then Lincoln High School, and then graduated from uh, college at Dakota State. Okay. Oh, so Were you local. in the marching band? No. Oh, that's too bad. My daughter switched to Lincoln and is For obsessed with the marching yeah, band. Yeah, they've got an so. incredible band. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then you headed off to college. Did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up? I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. No, so. Isn't that trouble? <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> So you went to college and um, talk about your journey and what you felt like God was calling you, why you felt like he was calling you into business. Or did you feel like God was calling you into business? Well, I'll back up. uh, And uh, my two older sisters and older brother went to St. Lambert's and myself and my little brother and little sister went to Cleveland. And I'd ask my older brother, why did you and my older sisters get to go to the Catholic school? Hmm. And I had to go to the public school. Mm-hmm. And they said that, well, mom and dad didn't have enough money and they didn't love you as much. <laughs> oh. And then yep. he chuckled and he said they did have enough money. But we grew up just a, a block from uh, St. Lambert Parish and uh, father he worked on the railroad. So when we were younger, he was working six days a week, 16 hours a day. Oh. And so we never knew if he'd be home for holidays and weekends and things. Wow. So. Uh, it was tough, so my mother probably had the toughest job watching all the kids yeah. and the kids mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. Uh, but when I was younger, I had a speech problem, and they had better resources to help you at the public school, oh. and that's why I went to Cleveland. And it was tough for me because when I was young, nobody could understand what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Oh. And probably like the folks on the radio right now. But, uh, <laughs> You're doing so, good. but uh, Cleveland School provided those resources. And so I had special classes all the way through. But it really, I would say, stunted my learning early on because mm-hmm. I was afraid to ask a question or anything oh. else because everybody would laugh at me when I'd say something and wonder sure. what in the world did he say. Yeah. Uh, and then I 
stayed in the public school, went to Whittier, and then I had the opportunity to either go to O'Gorman or Lincoln. And uh, Coach Greeno was at Lincoln, and he had a phenomenal oh. program, and he would be at all the junior high meets, and he'd talk to me and tell me what I needed to do. And uh, then I had the choice, and I said I, I wanted to go run for Coach Greeno at that Lincoln. Yeah. Oh. And it was the right choice, and I had the opportunity to, to run at Dakota State as well. And uh, loved it up there, and I loved the smaller school. Uh, a lot of my friends went to USD and SDSU, but I wanted to go to a smaller, closer, uh, where you could build friendships throughout. And okay. it was a perfect fit for me. Uh, in high school, I started working at McDonald's. And uh, to be honest, in high school, I didn't like any classes. <laughs> and started working at McDonald's. And back then, you'd have to be very aggressive and welcome the customers as they came in the door. When you took their order, you'd suggest to sell, and you'd add up everything in your head and add tax on. So when you delivered the meal, you told them how much it was. Oh, my gosh. And so it really worked on my math skills, and I said, I really like that. And hmm. uh, then I was promoted to an assistant manager at McDonald's, and uh, you did the line balancing of staffing, and you did training and all those things, and I really liked that. So when I went into college, I said, I knew that's what I wanted to do is work with people in business. So I had a major in business administration and minor in economics. So before you get too far, going back to when you're working at McDonald's and you said you got promoted to the assistant manager, why do you think you were promoted? What was it about your work? The one thing that my parents taught me is if you want to be successful, you got to work harder than everyone else. And you got to believe in yourself. And so I really studied the different things I needed to do and even when you back in those days when you started at McDonald's you got this white hat with trainee written in big block letters oh, on the side oh. <laughs> and so my goal was to be and there was a group that was hired two weeks before me and in for our group and and uh, my goal was to get a blue hat which was a normal <laughs> once you graduate from trainee to a normal employee then uh, to get in my blue hat before the group ahead of me did Ooh. and so I'd work and I'd work harder on the window and I'd learn I'd always ask if I could learn the different stations at McDonald's, be it the fries, the burgers, uh, the shakes. And uh, I just wanted to outperform. And I thought if I did that, and a lot, to be honest, even back then, a lot of my friends said, why are you working so hard? You're making us look bad. And I go, because I want to be successful right. here. And it, I was there probably two, three weeks. And at a lunch hour in the summer, the manager bumped into me and he knocked off my white hat with trainee on it and he put a blue one on Ooh. without me knowing it but i was wondering what was going on and i could everything was stainless steel so i could look in the cash register and see it <laughs> so i was pretty pretty pumped and then after the lunch hour he says did you notice and i go i seen the reflection in the <laughs> cash register and i said well thank you very much and again a lot of the people that started two weeks before were upset but I said, hey, work harder and you'll get it. Right. Yeah. And that was just my uh, philosophy is out, outwork everyone and, and uh, good things will happen. Wow. Wow. It wow. seems like you've probably done that your whole life then. Well, uh, I'd say when I was younger, I was just taught you, you have yeah, to work, work hard. hard. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it really goes back to uh, the days in, in Boy Scouts when you had something. Our family did not have a lot of money. And for Boy Scouts, they had summer camp down at Lewis and Clark, and you had to pay your own way. And uh, Johnson's Nursery down in East 10th Street had a deal with Troop 229 out of St. Lambert's where whatever fertilizer we sold and delivered and collected, we received, the boys would get, uh, the Boy Scouts would get 5%, and the troop would get 5%. Oh. And so I just seen that as an opportunity to pay my way to summer camp. Wow. And, and so my older brother was in Boy Scouts as well, and he goes, after we got our 
all the information on Scott's fertilizer, <laughs> and uh, he said, okay, I have between 15th and 16th on Bonson, <laughs> and you can have the rest of the city. <laughs> and I did. I sold all over Hilltop. My parents had dropped me off out by Lincoln, out by Old Gorman. I sold, and I had this troop record for selling fertilizer, wow. uh, but it not only paid my uh, way to summer camp, but I was also able to purchase a 10-speed bike. And that got me to Woodier, it got me all over town. Sure. Uh, so that was my transportation back then. That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. So now we can continue. You were talking about going into college. And so you went to college where? At Dakota State in Madison. Dakota State in Madison. And you decided to go into business then? Yes. And what prompted that? Uh, I think it was really the skills I picked up at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. and working with people, and I liked the math piece of it, uh, and I liked the forecasting piece at McDonald's, and I thought it was a great field to go into. Uh, so I, like I said, I received a uh, Bachelor of Science in Business and minor in Economics, but then I graduated in, in 1981. There were not a lot of jobs oh, in right. South Dakota. And I had talked to our track coach, who was uh, Gott, uh, Coach Gottslaven, who just retired from USD's track program. And I asked him, if I can't find a job, can I come back and be the assistant coach for cross-country and track the following year? And I'd get my teaching degree. And I really thought that's where I would be. And at the same time, Citibank was transitioning into South Dakota. And uh, so I applied at Citibank. They set up an interview for me. And I spent two days in the library trying to understand everything I could about Citibank. Hmm. And it was wow. new, it was foreign to mm-hmm. people in right. South Dakota. And back then in the library, you'd have to go through these cards and find magazines right. and papers oh, and yeah. all these articles. Oh. And so I was pulling all this information, and but it helped me. My first question I was asked when I went in from, for an interview was with a gentleman from New York, and he asked me, what do I know about Citibank? <laughs> and I went on and talked for about 20 minutes, and he goes, how do you know that? And I said, I like to investigate companies that I'm interested to work in right. at. Wow. And he said, you're the only one that's been able to answer that question. Oh, my gosh. And I more or less had the job from that from that interview when I left. But they said they had to do a background check. And thank goodness I passed the background <laughs> check and I, was, and I was hired. Right. They didn't ask your older brother any questions. <laughs> no. Thank goodness. Uh, and Citibank was a tremendous learning uh, opportunity for me. And I had six different jobs within eight-plus years at Citibank. Uh, and I really thought I was going to retire from Citibank. Wow. Hmm. So fast forward to today. What are your What is your current title today? Uh, CEO of Premier Bank Card. And so that's okay. quite a big job. It's <laughs> quite a big responsibility. It's a huge job, huge responsibility. <laughs> but uh, and when Denny Sanford, when Premier contacted me back in 1989. Uh, the first two times I said I wasn't interested. I was going to retire from Citibank. Wow. And he asked me if I knew a gentleman by the name of Fred Winkler. And Fred was the prior president city and CEO of Citibank South Dakota, and he had just resigned. And I said, yes. And he said, well, he said you'd have a cup of coffee with me. And I said, well, Fred said that I will. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> two weeks later after the interview, I was starting a credit card operation for First Premier. Oh, wow. And... Uh, I was I had just turned 30 years old so I'm thinking wow. what in the world am I doing <laughs> but uh Fred had confidence I'd worked at just about every department at Citibank and just loved the opportunities and the learning opportunity and I asked my wife I said what do you think Citibank or first parent she goes Citibank's with the largest credit card operation in the country 
you have job stability there. And I said, I think it'll work out. And I just believed in my skills and, and believed that uh, uh, God would help take care of me if I did things right. And uh, he has. And I uh, pray every day. And every day I have a challenge and I have a, a pocket rosary in my pocket. And whenever I have a challenge during the day, I'm able to pull that out and say a quick prayer and say, help me with this decision. <laughs> and uh, uh, I've been blessed there. So thinking back to um, your business life, um, how much has God been a part of that? Has he, he always been a strong part of it? A uh, huge part of it. And, uh, and like I said, we were raised a block from St. Lambert's, and my father and mother were very strong uh, Catholics and very strong believers. And uh, I would even take it back when I had the speech problem. Where at night, I would just pray that I'd be normal. Wow. Yeah. And that kids wouldn't laugh. Uh, and so I look at what I have today, and it's truly a gift from God. Yeah. And, and I know that you need to respect people and do the right things. And I just am a firm believer that as, as long as you do the right thing, that God will continue to take care of you and things will work out well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So bringing, I know that you're part of the Catholic Men's Business Fraternity also, and a core belief within that Catholic Men's Business Fraternity is to bring Sunday into Monday. How do you do that with your work? A lot of the people within our organization have uh, the pocket rosaries as well, and uh, they join the breakfasts and uh, hit the annual conference mm -hmm. uh, and they're not all Catholic uh, and some are Catholics and not as strong uh, Catholics as I'd like them to be but at the same time they know it's important to do what's right mm -hmm. uh, and that's with within our organization uh, we always say we have to do the right thing for our customers for our employees for our community and that has always been the focus point and people make mistakes and we just ask people when they make a mistake raise your hand we have plenty of gray matter within our organization we can fix anything and for us to continue to be successful we have to do the right thing we can't take shortcuts you might get a short term game but long term it could be a disaster right. and we have to always look what's the right thing long term for the organization right well and to give people that freedom to admit mistakes you know we live in a culture today where we crucify people the minute we see a flaw, the minute we see a mistake, it's like, uh, and so to really create an environment and even in the church itself, like to create a place where someone can, can raise their hand and say, I messed up. Yeah. Uh, I really messed up in this area and help mm -hmm. uh, and to really help them to, to really say, okay, well, here's what we can do or here's how you can write this. Like that's the other part as well as to say, but this is what we need you to do as well. Like we need you to have some skin in this game and, uh, to show that that there's there's part of it, oh, and absolutely, and everybody makes mistakes. I make mistakes, and uh, what we ask people to do is, again, as they make those mistakes, just let us know. And if they're making a mistake, we probably have 40 other people within the organization making the right. same mistakes. We're able to go out back and do a better job training and giving the people the right tools to do a better yeah. job for our customers. Yeah, 
Yeah, and we're in the middle of Lent. What Lent is all, <laughs> it's all about? It's all about like we're gonna, you know, we'll hear Peter here in a few few weeks say, "Oh Lord, I'd never, I'd never mess up, Lord." It didn't take uh, long. Oops. Give me a half hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for those of you that are just tuning in, <laughs> you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Heather Caro, and I'm Father Paul Rutten. We're speaking this morning with Miles Beacom. He is a businessman in the Sioux Falls area, and I. I would venture eastern south dakota pretty much um and so we're kind of talking about how he got into what he's been doing and how he brings god into his life every day how about your work with the community you do a ton of work with the community why is that important to you Um, again god's blessed me and my wife and our family and uh same thing that our parents taught us. Uh, our parents didn't have a lot of money, but they believed in giving, sharing their time and talents. And uh, we tried to instill that same thing, not only in our kids, but in the workplace as well. And it's so important to give back. And I think we're really blessed in South Dakota and in Sioux Falls. Uh, I continue to say that Sioux Falls is a lot like Disney World, uh, magical and make-believe. Uh, we're not make-believe, but a lot of people think we are because yeah. so many great things are happening in our community, yeah. in our state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it truly is magical with the things that we're able to accomplish. Yeah. But it's people working together mm-hmm. for the betterment of the community. Yeah. Yeah. So what encouragement would you give others that are listening that um, struggle to give back? I would say try it. Once you once you help an organization, uh, you're paid much more back in just how you feel than what the time or the talent or the treasure that you've uh, shared. Uh, we have just a tremendous community, and when you look at everything that occurs in this community, uh, it's we have just a true blessing here. But it's people giving back. And again, some can't in financially, but they can through their time and talents. And it's amazing when you look at the success and how special and how uh, truly privileged we are in South Dakota to be able to live with a group of people that continue to take care of their neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes I think the challenge can be is we take it for granted. And so then we just sort of, we, we set this like expectation, like we should have all this stuff and it should just happen. And it's like, well, no, we need people uh, who are willing to invest in, in, in those things. And, and to really say, if this is important, uh, people need to step up and help uh, make it happen. It just doesn't mm-hmm. happen because we want something. Yeah, we have a very special uh, community. I just came off of being chair for the uh, community for the Sioux Empire for the United Way campaign oh. this year. And a community our size and across the country usually brings in about $1.7 million. And we brought in over $10 million. <laughs> oh and it's amazing, but it's all the businesses and the community and the people working together to right. do that. But because of that, just think how many people we're able to help in our community because the difference between that 1.7 and the 10 million dollars and again it just shows our community but we but uh, you're right father we can't fall into that comfort zone or complacency of thinking somebody else will do it we all have to work together for these great things to continue to happen yeah absolutely do you ever feel like um god put you in this position because he knew you would do well I don't know if that's it, but I but I know that he is there supporting me every yeah. single day. And when I need help, I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, I think he's provided to me is don't be afraid to raise your hand and people will be there to help you. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you're out there on your own? Uh, to be honest, no, because... Uh, 
in the, ten years ago, we went through this thing called Card Act, which changed all the rules and regulation for all credit card companies across the country. We went from three thousand employees down to fourteen hundred, and a lot of our competition closed uh, its doors. And I was able to pull our team together and said, "Help me, and and let's work together and find a way through this." And thank goodness our board believed in the team that we had that we'd come up with something. And I talked to some of our competition. I said, "What are you guys doing?" They said, "We're waiting to find out what you do, and we'll just copy what you're doing." <laughs> and uh, but but the board let us test, and we spent millions of dollars testing different strategies. And today we're as big as we were as far as number of accounts as we were ten years ago. And because of technology, we don't have three thousand employees, but we're up to two thousand employees. Okay. And it's amazing just to watch. And I'd say the other thing is just talking to the board and Denny when I started this operation back in nineteen eighty nine. I said there were no jobs when I grew up in South Dakota. And what I'd love to do is be able to have all of our employees in South Dakota. Hmm. And Danny Sanford made the commitment: as long as you can find the people in South Dakota, we can. Right. And so we have an operation in Dakota Dunes and Watertown and Huron and in Sioux Falls. And we're probably, and all of our employees work in South Dakota. Wow. And the majority of credit card companies have been able to say, well, we can save a lot of money by going overseas. That We've received incredible offers to go overseas or to other states. And the board has continued to support me of having our employees here. And it's been tremendous for South Dakota. Absolutely. That's amazing. So you, you're also a very giving man on a personal level. Um, looking at all the giving that you've done in your life, um, what is the most fulfilling aspect of that? I would say, uh, first of all, everything I have is a, is a gift from God, and uh, it's for us to share. And Lisa and I really like to go through and identify where, where are the needs. But again, the church, uh, the Catholic school okay. system, uh, Bishop Dudley Hospitality House, uh, you just look at these things, St. Francis House, and wherever we can help people is where our heart really goes. Uh, but there are just so many needs, and but at the same time, uh, it's encouraging others to give. And a lot of times they just need one person to give, and then others will give as well. Right. Uh, so, so it's fun to see. It, it's not one person. It's everyone working together. Yeah, absolutely. Here's kind of a left-field question. <clears throat> yeah, I like left-field questions. What would you say to a trainer at McDonald's today. I feel like the kids at McDonald's don't think this is possible. I feel like we live in a culture today where McDonald's isn't the pathway to success or you know, so what would you say to someone who's listening right now sitting at McDonald's and thinking what am I doing here? And I would say just work as hard as you can to be the best and take pride in what you're doing and again do the right things and if you do those things they'll pay off your hard work your commitment and again doing the right thing and caring about the other people you work with and remember you're no better than anybody else here and I think with some of the problems I had as a kid and uh, being treated by different people different ways and that's why it's so important for me to make sure to treat everyone with respect right. and that is so very important right. oh. I love it yeah yeah, it, it it really is. You know, it's, it's inspiring, and I think the other thing for me that that is inspiring is, I don't know that the average person would see you walk down the street and say, "That's the CEO of 
that's got to be like look at how he's dressed and look at how he acts and you know I, I've heard time and time again that that you're you're you really have always stayed in touch with in a sense the roots where you live where you grew up I mean like all those things and, and I think in our culture today we think we have to like leave where we came from to really become successful and mm. we have to get rid of our past and and instead you know you really are a reminder that no we need to reinvest in 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 our in our community, in, in our place where we live, uh, the things that have made us who we are today, mm-hmm. uh, that we stay there. Like that's, that's important that we don't leave these places. And, and I worry that so many times kids hear stories, well, you got to go to New York, you got to go to LA, you got to go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. If you really want to be successful, you got to get out of here because no successful people live here. And, and that might've been a point years ago, but with technology today, and I think that's one thing that Citibank really gave us is they changed the landscape of South Dakota and when they moved here our within a 30 or 60 day and we did that with every function that was moved out here and that just built the comfort the confidence and the belief in the people here that we compete with anyone and now it's not just in South Dakota or in the country but it's worldwide and we've got great people here we have great schools here that provide us the education we need and we can compete with anyone Mm -hmm. and we can do it here in South Dakota I love that absolutely well and we're talking a lot about being successful being successful but I your definition of success might be different than others. What in your life do you find you have done successfully? I'd say a few things. One is do the right thing. And not everyone does the right thing. I make mistakes, but that's always a focus is do the right thing. The other is treat people with respect. And uh, it doesn't matter where they're at, at what level. Uh, I love helping people. I love encouraging and mentoring people, uh, and let and really helping them to believe that they can chase their dreams. Uh, but at the same time, if they're struggling, they have to talk to God. They need to pray. And uh, if people would do that more, uh, God is there for for all of us. And uh, I can't tell you how many times He's helped me. And like I said, every day I'll pull out that rosary. And I'll say, pray, and I go, I've got this tough decision. Help me with it. And maybe not all of them are right, mm-hmm. but at least I'm asking for help and asking for that guidance as well. Uh, but, again, no one is any better than anyone else. Yeah. And we're all provided gifts, and God's looking at how we share those gifts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I would find myself... Um, Voting myself successful, even though I might not have the dollars in the bank, right? But I have the respect of my child, and I have the love of my child, and I, you know, yeah. attend mass and do all the shoulds, you know, with love. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think really helping people grasp that God really will give you an answer mm-hmm. of some sort, uh, and re- really that ability to to trust that. Um, he is going to be there even if it doesn't look like it in the moment you know yeah. and i think that's again you know we're we're in the middle of lent and i'm sure you know at the cross it didn't look very successful uh, <laughs> you know they're all looking up and they're like well this isn't going very well <clears throat> but again this is this reminder like like we remember this every time like the least looking successful moment in the history of the world was the most successful and yeah. because he was faithful and he was obedient and that ability to really challenge people to take that moment and really pray like you, you just 
and and keep something with you that will help you uh, to just step back and in, in, in the moment of prayer. And, and then when it happens, you're like, oh my gosh, it really worked. <laughs> well, yeah, of course it worked. You know, what do you, you know, we, we didn't just say this so that we could get you to, to say some words. Yeah. Uh, God, God wants to be a part of all, all people's lives uh, in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, and I think we all need to take a step back and realize that the definition of success is different for each of us. Yeah. You know, you made a great point uh, about your ch- children, too. When I was a kid with some of the struggles I had, um, there I just wanted my parents to be proud of me. Yeah. And so you'd work harder. And then as you get older, you still want your parents to be proud of you, mm-hmm. but then you want your kids to be proud of you, too. So you work hard and you, you try to be that good example. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that's important for people, too. Yeah. 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 And, and again, the ability, how do I help somebody know that I'm proud of them? You know, everybody does it different. And so sometimes I think that can be the challenge in life is like, you want to hear, you know, uh, an attaboy. We used to joke, my dad always give us an attaboy. We wouldn't get a raise uh, <laughs> if we did a good job. We, got, we just got an attaboy, but it was at least an attaboy. <clears throat> but to be able to see, like, like, how do I know my parents are proud of me? And Sometimes they may not say it, but they'll tell their their buddies, like, mm-hmm. look at my son, my, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and so then you hear it, you know, secondhand. And, um, and you do worry that sometimes people don't realize uh, that, that people really are proud of them, um, that they really do a good job uh, because maybe they don't hear it in the way. And the most important person is to be able to figure out, well, how does God show me he's proud of me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that moment at the baptism, you know, uh, this behold my son, you know, who my my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Listen yeah. to him, like God says that to us all. Yeah. If we'd listen, like He is pleased with us. Like just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, don't lose hope. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Our time is almost over. Well, Father, just on your point, uh, one of the things I like to do with my kids is uh, again, I'm very proud of them. But one of the things, and for my three daughters and son is. I always thank them for being my son or my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and then they usually come back and say, well, thanks for being my dad. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, it. It, it's important. It really, it, those little things. Yeah. And it costs you nothing. It costs you nothing. To say that. Like, yeah. thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, it's wow. been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for sharing some of your wisdom. Yeah. I know you've got more wisdom, but... You'll be on again, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, thank you both very much. It's been a pleasure to be here. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Miles Beacom. Pretty amazing. Amazing is right. Yes. Yeah, so. Now I know why my brother keeps him around. <laughs> well, we have a hard break coming up at the end of the hour, but we still have Jason Adkins coming up, our 10-minute tour. And then we have a great interview with Thomas and Alexis Motes, so you don't want to go up anywhere. Minnesota Minnesota legislature is in session, and so we're going to hear about what we need to be aware of when we hear from the Minnesota Catholic Conference. Find out what you need to know about what's happening this past week, and later, it's a beautiful way of inviting God into your marriage and family life. Find out what it is as we visit with Thomas and Alexis Motes. Keep it right here. We're heading into the second hour of Real Presence Live. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. Thank you for joining us this fine morning and stay tuned for hour number two. We'll be right back.